Have you ever put it? Have you ever put together anything from IKEA? Oh, my my computer desk. Yeah, uh, I, we have we actually have a lot of IKEA stuff. My computer desk, my shelf I have right here with my my books and stuff. We have a couple Calic shelves. Oh yeah, um, I think I've got our yeah, our bed. Oh, your bed, nice. Yeah, and my wardrobe. And I think hers too. So yeah, we have Shit. quite a bit of oh, IKEA stuff. Yeah. yeah, we uh, we put together this coffee table, and there's like no greater feeling when like it clicks how it's supposed to be built, and then you're mm. just like, like 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 that like the image of like the monkey on the typewriter, and then he just like zips the paper off. Yeah, <laughs> that was me. Just like, and then oh no, these screws go here, and then because like when you get it, it's just like it's just like disparate parts and screws. Yeah, and then yeah. as soon as like you figure out like the mechanics of it, it's like it's they're very cleverly designed. But as uh-huh. soon as I figured yeah. it out, I was like, "Oh yeah, I know exactly how this goes now." It's very satisfying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I've I've done so many IKEA builds that like I don't even I skip right past that part. I'm like immediately like, "Yep, all right." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's the wooden dowels. Yep, they go here. Yeah. Yep, and. Yeah, we got we got some build. We have like four Billy bookshelves. Which oh yeah, those are like their standard. Like I think Billy's that's, just like the line. I of think them. that's, I think that's the one that I have. Yeah, yeah, because they have like the main names and then like just like sub yeah names. I actually one of the you can't really see it, but well, kind of. It's got some of those like posters on it up there. That's one of my Calyxes. Yeah, those are. Those are like the shelves for like board games. Yeah. Anytime you see like a board game, <clears throat> people post their like board game collections and yeah. like some groups that I ha- everybody has Calic shelves. Oh yeah, yeah. I think my I got I got I have like some of the hanging ones and I put like like my like the the Japanese import Earthbound figures that I got like mm. years ago. I put those in there and like yeah, they're nice little displays. This episode Welcome brought back to you to by there IKEA. Will be the, yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's what I, was trying to get. I was trying to say, like, next time you're at Ikea, tell them Tom. there will be Dud sent you. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be escorted off the premises. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Welcome back, people. This is episode 70 fucking five of There Will Be Duds. Damn. Uh, I'm your co-host, TJ, a.k.a. J-Spot Jack Cheese, and with me as always... As always, I'm Nick, a.k.a. Dr. Funk, on Twitch. And as always, we watched a movie this week. That movie being The Fifth Element, uh, directed by Luke Bazant. <laughs> that movie directed... How do I usually do it? What's the order I usually do it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that, that movie... Is the Fifth Element directed by Luc Besson from 1997? It's directed by Luc Besson, and it's uh, f- follows uh, a man. Okay, the movie is the Fifth Element from 1997, directed <laughs> by Luc Besson, and it is a sci-fi action adventure. It takes place in the like. 24th century i think something like that yeah um uh and it follows uh taxi driver corbin dallas as he's kind of roped into this uh uh universe ending threat and he has to uh help 
the the fifth element, which is a a person, I guess, or a, an engineered person, sort of thing, uh, named Lilu, just kind of achieving her destiny in a way. Um, and there's a lot of other like crazy characters and stuff. It's a it's it's a big uh, space epic opera kind of kind of in the vein of uh, Star Wars. Yeah, I would, say, like I would a, say that. Yeah, it it feels very old school sci fi kind of. You know, like or like Star Trek is like it's it's more zany than something like Star yeah. Trek. But I feel like it falls in line with with that kind of yeah. It's you not, know Buck Rogers type stuff. It's not particularly heady. It's not like space politics no. and and trade and. Uh, Right, yeah. It, it's, it's pretty straightforward as a story. Mm-hmm. It tries to have, like, sort of... I, I, you know, I feel like there, there's times where it acts like it's, like, getting heady, but I still feel like it's kind of tongue-in-cheek. I don't know. I never feel yeah. like this movie takes itself too seriously. No. But you get that scene that you see in, honestly, a lot. Although, you know, this is older. I feel like I've seen it more in stuff since, so I can't say that this copied those, but... It's probably been done before this too, but the scene where Lilu, uh, she's like in that pod thing, yeah, and she's like talking to the computer, and she like types in war, and she sees all the like horrific, you know, that shit's always in like the you know the fish out of water type thing. They they're like, oh my god, I just discovered the horrors of humanity, yeah, and it's like, yeah, I mean you're right, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but that- so like that that's what I mean. Like there's there's scenes like that, and like. I don't think the movie is like taking it lightly, but also I don't think the movie is, at least I hope not. If this movie is like, we're trying to give a message and this is a serious think piece, then I would like, I don't think I would, you know, (laughs) enjoy that. It has like a similar message of the room, just like love is good and bad is bad. Like that's as cerebral as it gets, but it's not trying to make any sort of grand statement about it it's it's just she's a she's basically a baby and doesn't know anything and has to very quickly learn everything and that's just part of it so like you know that's 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 really as far as it goes well yeah she it 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 is a little weird because she she does seem very like naive and innocent but also she is intelligent because she like speaks a very fluent language it's just not English. Which or, I, I read you know. that like Luke Besson like made up a language and it's like 400 really? words or something along those lines. Huh. And uh, like I think he corresponded with Mila Jovovich like to get her to learn it. They, they wrote oh, okay. letters to each other in that language that he invented. Interesting. Which. That's, that's neat. Yeah. And then he like married her after this movie. Oh. <laughs> Okay. He married her and broke up with uh, the actress who plays Diva, the Diva, oh, the the opera, the opera singer, um, who he married when she was sixteen, when she had his baby, and that is the inspiration for Leon the Professional, apparently. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, that's like the. I like that movie. <laughs> Because, like, Chloe and I watched it last night and, like, woke up this morning. She's like, hey. I was like, what? 
Because like whenever we watch a movie, she'll post on like her Instagram story, like her letterbox rating. So she posted the Fifth Element, mm-hmm. and one of her friends, I guess, likes the movie and was like, "Did you know that like Luke Besson was married to the diva and he met her? He met her when he was twenty nine and she was twelve. Is it's bad? It's really <laughs> oh bad. God. It's real bad. But." <laughs> He, he like married Mila Jovovich after this movie came out, and then they like separated two years later. Luke Besson. Okay, yeah, it's rough. I I was gonna say because I know she also married, uh, and I think they're still married. Uh, Paul W. S. Anderson. Who That's directed right. The Resident Evil movies, which was like right after this. That's right. No, because I remember there's a Red Letter Media video. I think it's like "Fuck You." It's January. Where they're like, there's another Resident Evil movie, which is just a way to keep the director's wife employed. (laughs) And it's like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense then. But anyway, anyway, it was funny because Chloe was like, oh, she's wearing the same outfit that she wore in Run, Lola, Run. I was like, that's a different actress. Yeah, right. Yeah. But it's like sort of androgynous woman with red hair. Oh, okay. I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, (laughs) I, I totally get that. Like I, I see the I think I think Run Lola Run is kinda like flashed in my head too. And also the kind of like energetic yeah, sort of very like nineties uh, kind of soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Which very of soundtrack its time. was yeah, definitely. There it, it went and it or it came and went for me, the my enjoying of the soundtrack. Um because there was some that I really liked, some that I fucking hated. <laughs> but there was some like early on, it, it felt very uh, Metroid Prime. There were some yeah, songs I could see that, that felt like very like that. But then I I don't know if I wrote down exactly what, but there was some songs here and there that I I hated. <laughs> I thought were awful. Uh, what did you um, think of Chris Tucker's character? Uh, I. I I I like Ruby Rod. I I know okay. he's one of those characters that like pe- like he is he is known as like even fans of this movie um will say like yeah except for Ruby Rod. You oh, know, or like, I he's really like the liked, Jar Jar Binks almost. I really liked Ruby Rod. I thought it was Yeah. I thought I, it was like a very fun and dynamic way of like telling the story and kind of moving things along. And I thought Chris Tucker was crazy. Like, I, I, I don't know. I yeah. really liked his, like, I don't know. You, you see a lot of like stuff now where like, it's like, well, I mean, we were talking about, don't worry, darling. We were talking about Harry Styles, but it's like, you know, all these, mm-hmm. all these like boundary breaking actors and they're like, they're embracing their feminine side and they're wearing high heels and dresses. Mm-hmm. And it's like Chris Tucker was in Rush Hour, and in this yeah. he's like dressing Friday. He's, he's in Friday too. Like I haven't seen Friday. Is he? Is I mean, is he like sort of similarly like flamboyant well, in that? Or what, oh, I thought you were just saying like kind of contrasting the sort. Of, well, no, because Friday oh. is like you know two two du- dudes who like live in the hood. And yeah, you know, I I was saying like contrasting with uh, the, the oh, femininity of yeah of his character. That, in this yeah, or whatever. yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I was yeah. going for. But it's like Chris Tucker is like wearing like the fa- the fashion choices in this movie. I don't know. It's like it's just just because people don't know about other things, they're like this guy's breaking boundaries. It's like nah, Chris Tucker did yeah. that in 1997. Yeah. I don't know. I I like I like yeah. it a lot. I like this character. I'm I'm a I'm a Ruby Rod and Chris Tucker defender because <laughs> the same thing with with Rush Hour. I think that like I don't know. I I just I think 
Chris Tucker is just one of those people who is just very grating for certain people. And yeah, I enjoy his presence usually. Yeah, I, I like his. Yeah, he, I like the energy that he brings. He's to kind stuff. of a. He's kind of a. He, pl- he always plays like sort of yappy, talkative like characters. Like, yeah, you know, he's in. He's in Jackie Brown pretty briefly, mm. and he's like a guy that uh, Samuel L. Jackson like bails out of jail. And mm-hmm. you know, as soon as he gets to his apartment, like he's he's basically like, I got to kill this guy because he talks too much, and like he shows up, <laughs> and it's it's again, it's Chris Tucker. He's just he's doing his like, oh yeah, man, you know, you, I got out of bail and like I came here and man, and he's like, come on, we got to go do something. He's like, man, I just got home and I don't matter, and it's just like he's just going and going and going and going. <laughs> I think uh, in general, the the characters are probably my favorite aspect of the movie. Yeah, um, the story itself for me was like, it's fine. Yeah, it's it's your average, you know, like sci-fi space story. Like it, but I think it's it's serviceable. Like I I I like that it's you know original. You know, I yeah. mean, as far as like, it's not original as far as like, you know, the city is a lot like Blade Runner, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, um, it, it sort of wears its references on its sleeve in that way. Like it's definitely yeah. derivative of sci-fi tropes, I, I guess. Yeah. But what I mean in, in originality is like, it's like little things. I like when, you know, it, it does, like you said, it wears its references on its sleeve, but, and yet there's still like stuff that it brings to the table and it's its own universe yeah. and stuff. Like, you know, the random like pet elephant thing that, uh, um zorg has in his office just little (laughs) things like that um i liked bruce willis's like utility stuff in his like apartment like the uh good i mean good visual gags with it too but like his sort of like bed that slides under kind of like ikea furniture honestly Uh, yeah (laughs) yeah but you know it's like the ian holm like gets he like tries to hide them all in his bedroom and ian holm gets like under he gets sucked in but then it's like mm-hmm. he doesn't realize that all of them have processes that they do while they're like stored yeah. away. So like Ian Holm comes out and he's like, he's like plastic saran wrapped into the bed. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> but like th- I thought those were nice. Asphyxiating. Yeah. <laughs> Comedic asphyxiation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought those were nice little touches to like the world. Like sort of like this is what his yeah. apartment looks like. And like I thought those dudes were dead in the freezer. I, I was like, dude. I thought that that guy died like twice, which, did, <laughs> by the way, did you, you recognize what that guy's from? I mean, dude. I knew I recognized him from something. He is, he's Arthur in Crime Wave. One of the bad guys. That man, is he talking Oh! <laughs> oh uh, Brian my God, something. you're right. Brian James, maybe. He looks so, di- he looks, okay, he looks so like much Like a normal older. person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does look a lot older. Yeah. He him does. and him and I, Ian Holm reversed because he yeah. went from Crime Wave to this movie, and he looks like he aged twenty years. Ian Holm went from this movie to like Lord of the Rings two years later, and he looks old as shit in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, I will say that once he once he gives the ring to Frodo, they do age him up. Okay. Because because Frodo ha- or Bilbo had the ring for a long time, and yeah. that was keeping him young, much like Gollum. Okay, so power I, okay, keep, and and you know, it elongates, it, it prolongs the life of its wearer of the ring bearer. And, yeah, but once it's given up, it takes that away. So he ages really fast. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. This, this is a podcast um, within a podcast where we talk about Lord of the Rings and 
Hell yeah. The- <laughs> I'll do that every episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, sorry, but, but but back to the characters. Um yeah, you have Ruby Rod. I love it's it's again this this grand like space epic thingy, but the main the the protagonist, I guess the hero is like a taxi driver and he's pretty much like he could be like contemporary, you know. Yeah. And it's Bruce Willis. And Bruce Willis of this era is so charming. It's oh, like yeah. you watch this and you're like, it, or like Die Hard. Like it's he is one of the reasons Die Hard is like one of the best action movies of all time. Pulp Fiction. It's, he's oh Pulp Fiction. Sure. He's, yeah. He's we're gonna. I'm gonna make you watch it. Have you seen Die Hard? No. Okay. All right. I'll Uh-oh. trade. I'll trade you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, but um, but he, he, you know, his character in Pulp Fiction very similar. Just kind of like. Very yeah. like smooth, suave, like easy, easy, easy going, easy to talk to, but still kind of like that strong, silent type in a lot of other ways. Yeah, yeah, it, it, he he did kind of. It was a, a very like close to being typecast. I I like to think that he adds enough diversity between the roles to not make them feel super samey. But there is a sameness to this, yeah. or John McClane, or person from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, man. I, I don't even remember his name. Ah, shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. And then, uh, yeah, I like I like Ian Holmes' character of, like, the the sort of questioning, like, he's supposed to be the this monk who's, like, a keep the keeper of this, uh, you know, this ancient prophecy and blah, 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 but he's, like, very, he second guesses himself a lot, and he's very kind of erratic. He's, he's not, like, a, you know, a wise, like, sagely monk. Yeah. And then, um, he hits him over then, the head uh, with like a a thing, like dude, in, in that a, is. He's like, yeah. Sorry about this, pop. I had to rewind that a couple of times because that's Cleo's favorite part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Willis's face when he falls over. Yeah, there's um, uh, there's a lot of that in this movie too. A lot of like, and they fall and they fall backwards and yeah, yes, yeah, almost like like cartoony sort of yeah, shit. And you got yeah, Gary Oldman is. Jean Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg. <laughs> Gary Oldman was <laughs> not a fan of this movie. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, was, I was reading. Uh, so uh, apparently, I'm, I'm just full of Luc Besson trivia right now. But apparently, <laughs> uh, Luc Besson uh, offered to um, finance or help finance one of Gary Oldman's, like his directorial debut, Nil by Mouth, which I'm, I've never heard of. Is from 1997, but apparently, uh, as a favor, Gary Oldman was like, "Okay, you help me finance my movie. I'll be in your movie." And he said it was me singing for my supper because Luke had come in and partly financed my film Nil by Mouth. Oh, so he's like, <laughs> he's like, "All right, I'll finance huh. your movie, but also, you got to be a inexplicably Southern accent weird dude in my movie with like a half huh. a plastic bowl on your head." <laughs> Yeah, he's like I mean, he's so his good character in this was movie. fun. I, I enjoyed yeah. it. I enjoyed his character, but apparently Gary Oldman was like, "Come on, man!" He's like, "This is me phoning it in." <laughs> yeah, or maybe they interesting. Uh, maybe they Doctor Strange loved him, and they Luke Besson was like, "All right, like we got <laughs> yeah. the take, we got the take." But what if we did it in a southern accent? He's like, "All <laughs> yeah. right," and then that's how the rest <laughs> of the movie went. Yeah, that's interesting because I wonder like what happened. Maybe it was just the movie itself, because because Gary Oldman's the the villain in Leon the Professional too, and 
God, he's fucking awesome in that movie. Huh. And maybe maybe because that was like a more like grounded. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, what's his character be. like in Leon? Is it is it more of like a traditional like? Um. Bad well, yeah, guy? Leon the professional is like a yeah. It's not like a Future. Leon the professional is way more of like a serious movie. Uh-huh. But he's still he's like a he's still like a psychopath in that movie. Okay. Okay. But I guess a more a more muted psychopath. Yeah, he he just he just has he doesn't have like a southern accent and stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> and like crazy hair or whatever. I I did I even wrote a note when those guys were like frozen in the freezer thing. <laughs> Isn't that Bruce Willis is weirdly apathetic to killing three military people, including an old friend? And then I added, "Not dead." What the fuck? Yeah, because like it seemed like they were dead. And the other thing is, before it's when Lilu breaks out of her like holding pod. After he's like, he's like, is this thing like, can she break through that? And then the guy's like, it's bulletproof. And he's like, okay. And he goes up to it and he like taps on it and he's talking to her and she like punches through it. And I'm like, oh, sh- I thought she killed him there too. I yeah. thought she like punched a hole in his gut. Yeah. She yeah. Punched hard enough to break the glass. And he like falls over. And I'm like, oh shit, that guy's dead. And then, yeah. And then he shows up at his apartment. And I'm like, what? And then, yeah, same <laughs> thing. It happens again. He's like frozen and then he's not. <laughs> Yeah, really weird. You got to send him on the mission instead of Bruce Willis. That dude's indestructible. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's like another scene where Bruce Willis offers him a cigarette, and then he shuts the thing in his hand, and he goes, "Oh, oh, yeah, yeah." <laughs> Something. Uh, I guess another. Well, I guess only like negative really I've said so far is is the music. I guess, but um. I guess another negative is while like I did appreciate like mostly like production design. Like I said, like how they were like, you know, doing its own sort of thing. I felt like almost all of the movie was like similar interior sets. Like there didn't seem to be too much diversity between like from scene to scene other than the stuff at the pyramid, like the beginning and the yeah. end of the movie. Yeah. I would agree. Like, I wish I, I really wish there was more like just something like on location or just something. Yeah. You hardly ever really, if at all, like went outside. Yeah. Other than, you know, other than the pyramid stuff. Yeah. Like when he, when he won the, he, he won the special trip to like whatever the, mm-hmm. the party planet. Floston Paradise. Yeah. I think it's, it's I, I was like, oh, okay. They're going to like, they're going to go on location. Cause they're talking about like, you know, yep. the, the boat you'll be able to, there's like all these beaches and there's pools. And yep. then at, at a certain time the boat goes up. So you have a better view and I, yeah, I thought they were like going to be, yeah, on location on a beach somewhere, somewhere outside. And it was just like, oh, we're just, just another like interior set. Like, yeah, I mean, the sets weren't bad, but yeah, yeah, it, that, I was like, is this where the movie's going to end? Yeah. Like it's done here, which like they, again, they do go to Egypt at the very, very, very end. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it was really, yeah, it was really like two locations. It was like the city and then the, the which ship. Which is like these... Yeah, plain like one color backgrounds and yeah. yeah, it's like you saw you saw like the president's spacecraft, you saw yeah. um, Gary Oldman's little lair, you mm-hmm. saw his apartment and it's like that's fish. really, really kind of it. Yeah, 
Yeah, I had the same thought process about about going to Fluston Paradise because I'd seen this movie before, but it had been a while, and I was like, okay, I know when they go there, that's where they see the Diva uh, uh, Plava Laguna, and uh, I think that's what it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it is. I was like, okay, I remember that scene pretty clearly. I'm like, but when they go there, they do go to a planet, right? And then they just, fl- they're like in this thing going there, and it's just a fucking, it's like the spaceship from Wally, and it's, <laughs> it's, and it's like flying away from the planet. I'm like, why is this even at a planet? Yeah. <laughs> why is this not just like around Earth? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it is. It is kind of like a cruise. Like you get on a boat and it's like you're I in the ocean and it's like way, yeah yeah it's like you visited Italy in in a sense that like you were on a boat and went by the coast like but unless just you like, actually just touched like, down but it's like you yeah it's like you looked at a picture of Italy same thing yeah just have a scene of them arriving and like film it just like on an actual like a cruise ship on the ocean you know just like yeah. something like outside and it could just be the ocean and you could be like this whole planet is an ocean yeah. whoa yeah and it's like that's all you need you know just have a little scene of them like arriving and i don't know just yeah it just would have been nice to have like a little bit more variety yeah and and i think that's partially why like i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty lukewarm about this movie i think the characters are Mm -hmm. like the best part but i think that Mm -hmm. might be part of it is like i i definitely had like this movie built up in my mind this is like a uh-huh. classic. This is one of like the the, the classic sci-fi. Mm-hmm. You know, Luke Besson is this auteur director. It's a classic sci-fi, classic Bruce Willis. And I mean, I would say for the, for the most part, a lot of that's pretty pretty true. But I think I went into it with way higher expectations, mm-hmm. and I thought it was going to be like planet jumping. Like we're going to see like a lot of exotic locations, and it was mm-hmm. going to be like more, I guess, traditional sci-fi in that way. And it it just kind of wasn't. Yeah, yeah, I I I feel like maybe I kind of had the same idea when I when I first watched it. I did find myself thinking like, if I if I saw this when it came out, I would probably love this movie. You yeah. know, like for the time, be like, wow, like because you just you didn't get that many movies like this, right? There was yeah. Star Wars blade runner although that i feel like that kind of is like a different audience yeah um blade runner is a bit headier like if you're if you're a kid watching <laughs> yeah. this movie blade runner is like that like that that's almost like the antithesis of this movie where it's like yeah the the morality of killing like robots that are you know you know that's like it passed the it passed the void comp test yeah, yeah it's like yeah i i just i just mean like high sci-fi yeah. type shit there wasn't there's wasn't too much of it and so i get that like if if the audience uh because yeah this movie is like a i would say like a cult movie at this point so i just i'm like i understand it's more why it became that yeah for sure yeah Yeah. it's yeah definitely yeah i i just think like nowadays you're more like these are more like dime a dozen sort of thing that said like i think it stands above a lot of like more modern ones for sure it it's definitely not as forget forgettable as as a lot of the you know the shit that you see nowadays. Yeah, and I do think it is because of those characters because I think a lot of yeah. the times the, I feel like in those like kind of sci fi cash ins, 
it's like they spend all their budget on making these fantastical worlds and aliens and like mm-hmm. the characters are a secondary thought. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's kind of a, a f- f- like fun, cutesy sort of thing. You know, the, it, like I said, it, it's very like simple, but you know, all like love is the fifth element and yeah. Oh, you know, that sort of stuff. Like it, <laughs> oh, it's corny, but I was like <laughs> at the very beginning when it was like the 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 Egypt part and like the monks uh-huh. and they're like trying to like figure out the the meaning of the code and uh it's like uh fodder f- fodder oh my god water <sighs> fire earth wind i was like god damn it we're watching avatar again i thought that too <laughs> yeah it's like i've yeah, already seen this too. lilo is the yeah. avatar and it, i mean yeah. I, that analogy almost kind of works too cuz she's still For, like if that's what learning is, yeah. everything you know Shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very, Bruce yeah, Willis very, is Sokka. Uh, yeah, Sokka. Yeah, very, she has, has, like, a very distinct, like, color palette, like, yeah. uh, like Aang does, and, yeah. Um, I will, and I, I think that's just because I'm not a big fan of Mila Jovovich in general, but, um, well, I mean, I guess to say acting, I don't know what she's like as a person. I feel like in general means, like, as yeah, an actor, yeah, I'm not yeah, a big I fan of Mila Jovovich. You got some um, beef with Mila. Yeah, actually, she she does sing on a Pussifer song, and I do really love that song. So, <laughs> um, she's she's at least good on that. But yeah, she Lilu is like the one that doesn't fully sort of click with me, I guess, as far as the characters go. Like she, she's a she's more of like a plot device yeah. to me. I guess she, she she's the weak link of those of like the the main cast to me. Yeah. Um. Even though I do find, like, whenever she goes off into, like, the the ancient language, like, when you said that Luke Basson, like, wrote a language, that I, like, almost assume that because she does speak very, like, very assuredly. Like, it, Fluently. It sounds like like she's saying, like, she's not yeah. she's not just mumbling, like, ah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, like, it, yeah. It really sounds like she is enunciating words and, yeah. So, you know props on that i just it could just be the whole like dumb baby trope character too that like i need to learn how to you know yeah how to be a human and love and stuff and yeah you know she still has moments that i like i still like you know i still like multi-pass i like that part and stuff (laughs) yeah that's that's pretty good Yeah, yeah bruce willis is just like yeah i'm gonna smash yeah it's like oh yeah He's, yeah i laughed i think i got a pretty hearty laugh when he's like she's like uh i i've gone through the alphabet i'm i'm at v he's like he's, she's like violence and he's like oh there's a lot of other good v words though like like <laughs> valiant and uh v- very beautiful <laughs> it's like <laughs> you dumbass you idiot <laughs> it's like uh <laughs> Um, yeah, I think, uh, like, I still, I guess, enjoy that, you know, as cheesy as it is, that main sort of romance thing, but I think Bruce Willis is pulling a lot of the weight for me. Yeah. As far as, like, my, you know, gelling with that or or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I I would say visually she's more iconic in this role. Like, because that's what people remember. They remember, like, the red hair, and they remember, like, the, um, like, the the bandage strip, like, outfit that she wears, like, 
as she's running around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I thought, I, I was surprised. I thought she had that on, maybe because that is, again, like what you yeah. see when you see this movie. I thought she had that, just like the bandages on for more of the movie. Okay. I, I can go first. Uh, I feel like you've gone first the last okay. few times. Yeah. I've, um. I'm sitting, I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I'm sitting at a six. It's pretty strong six. Uh, didn't, okay. didn't love it. Didn't blow me away. Uh, I, I thought it was fun. I think, you know, maybe a little, a little too simple of a sci-fi for me, but also I think that also it works. I don't know. Like you, like you said, it, it kind of works in its, its favor in that way. And that like, it's more character driven than anything else. And I do think the characters are far more entertaining uh, than a lot of other stuff like in that in this genre like Chris Tucker's character Ruby Rod love them uh, <laughs> yeah uh, pretty pretty strong six for me it's pretty it's fine yeah I'm I'm right about there I I put 6.5 so you know right right in the same ballpark it's because you watched Cause... it in uh, in the what is super it bit. So you watched it in super bit yeah, so I had I had higher quality than than Blu-ray, so you know I got to enjoy it that half point more. <laughs> yeah, no, I and I don't know, maybe, maybe a little bit of that was like I don't have like a ton of nostalgia tied to this movie, but you know I did watch it a couple times when I was younger. So, but like even then I didn't, I wasn't like over the moon about it. Yeah, and maybe it's you know kind of because it harkens back to that you know the more innocent time of cinema and just stuff felt more like genuine yeah know. but yeah pretty much everything else you said i like the that they still use phone books in the future <laughs> that was <laughs> that was a funny uh what part did they use the phone book I at i might have missed that i bruce willis mentions it might be it's it might be when they're trying to get in contact with zorg maybe oh, okay. and he just says like i'll look him up in the phone book oh. or something he, he he like mentions it offhandedly you don't see him actually like flipping through it or whatever oh, okay okay yeah yeah that is funny phone books are such an antiquated like i remember phone yeah. book. like that's how i checked movie times was a phone book damn or maybe it's a or like calling the place yeah call, calling oh, okay calling the movie theater to, to listen to the automated thing to hear the movie times yeah I would do that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of antiquated, here's an ad break. <laughs> uh, but yeah, are we are we back? Yeah, I'm thinking we're back. I uh, did do we want to say anything about Brave British Bake Off? That's who I, I wanted I mean, to win. <laughs> what's that? I guess yeah, suppose, I said it's, it's who I wanted for Great to British Bake Off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you wanted, you wanted, uh, Shabira to win? Shabira, yeah. Um, uh, after, Yunush. after, um, no, bef- no, I, I, uh, Shabira for a while, I think. I don't, okay. It, the other one was, uh, I mean, I, I really liked, um, Sandro too. Yeah. Um, uh, Abdul was the one, like, if my, my top three would have been Sandro, Yanush, and Shabira. Yeah, um, Abdul was like, he was always just like hanging on to me. Yeah, and like he always like what he like the last few. I feel like he should have been like yeah, he kind of got or sixth he place got or something like that. Like, yeah, 
Yeah. But then he started like really pulling through the last few episodes. And But I feel like going into that ending, Shabira had such a strong lead that oh, she yeah. would have had to really fuck it up to, like, to not. I, I was pretty sure. I was like, it's either going to be like Yanush or Shabira. I feel like those two were like the top two. Sandro, it seemed like he he was a lot of style. And I think mm-hmm. his substance was lacking. It seemed like he had these really lofty, ambitious things. And like they either didn't work out or like they mm. tasted good and didn't look good. Or like they looked good and they didn't taste. He just he seemed all over the place. But like Shabira, pretty much from the beginning was like she was just pro. good, just really good. Yeah. She got Star Baker like three times in a row before, like mm-hmm. leading up to this, which is insane. Yeah, I definitely think she deserved it the most. I just mean like I, I just liked Sandro too. Like, oh yeah, no, he's but, he was like he was a himbo. Uh, his his whole yeah, persona and just for like sure. just like very yeah. smooth and like funny, but like also like. Like he's flirting with you a little bit as he's talking to you, kind of. Yeah, 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 just, just yeah. a, a natural. Yeah, I would natural. say this this season, the the they were more charming, but it didn't seem as competitive. Like last season, when it was like yeah. Giuseppe, Christelle, Chiggs, and like Jurgen, it yeah. was like like we were invested in like, mm-hmm. and like when Giuseppe won last year, we were like. Almost like almost on the verge of tears, just like yes, yeah. Like he, I thought he deserved yeah. it so much, and like Shabira deserved it, and like, but but oh, again, yeah, this, this sure. season was like, other than like a few people, like everyone was like generally pretty likable too. Where they usually like when we watch like the first couple episodes, there's like, don't like that guy, don't like that guy. I mean, my Carol and the uh, the Boris Johnson lady were like, eh. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like either of them, and then I didn't. I didn't like. Uh, he reminded me of Chris O'Dowd, which I like. Chris O'Dowd. Oh, but, um, one of the Scottish like, guys. Yeah, were there? I think. Okay, I really like. There was Chris O'Dowd, and then the other one, uh, we called him Ewan Bremner because he reminds us a lot of Ewan Bremner, <laughs> um, who you know from Train Spotting. Okay, not Ewan McGregor, but yeah, yeah, the, yeah. um, really skinny. Is he's not? No, he's um. God, I can't, I should know his name from Train Spotting, Spud. That's his okay. Name from okay. Train Spotting. Um, <laughs> no, I really liked him. He w- he was probably my third favorite after Shavira and Sandro. Uh, Kevin is his name. In the okay. Name. Yeah, we like. I remember liking. Up. We liked Kevin. But yeah, the the old ladies and then the other the other guy is James. I think that was the other one that yeah. I didn't really care for. Yeah. yeah, I would agree. It's it was more like it was like Shavira's show to lose for a while, pretty yeah. much. But yeah, I was still like happy that she that she won because yeah, she deserved that and and I feel like Kalia like first episode she like you get introduced to the people and within like five ten minutes she picks her favorite people yeah not necessarily like who she thinks is gonna win but like her favorite people and she is really good at picking like or like usually her favorite people are ones that like make it to the very end because her she said like right off the bat that her her favorites were Shabira, Sandro, and maybe Yanush. I'm not mm. sure, but she's yeah, got, she's got a keen eye for that. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is funny. Um, and um, then we we watched the holiday ones too. Um, the most oh, yeah, I think yeah. the one I don't know when it came out. The one with Kim Joy 
There's Kim Joy, Rowan, Ermine, and John. So they're from like they recorded them like the previous. Yeah. Like so that's like the the seasons come out as they're aired, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But those holiday specials, I think they get aired over in England, like, you know, so that that one was aired like on Christmas of twenty twenty one. And yeah. then the the other one was like January first of this year. But that's like we get it months later, like Netflix does with like yeah. you know, other syndicated shows. But that, that was that was pretty fun. I was surprised to see Rowan do well. He seemed like one of those guys that I think he was a big style over substance guy where like his stuff oh, was yeah, yeah. his stuff was cool, but it mm-hmm. didn't taste very good a lot of the times. Like it was like <laughs> very bland. He he is very much like an Ian Holm. Reminds me of like Bilbo Baggins. Mm. Like he has that sort of like fantastical. He looks like a little elf man. I was surprised to see a handshake on a on a holiday themed one, but like with the the actors or whatever. Oh no, no with with Ermine Kim Joy Rowan. Did you watch that one? Oh yeah, yeah. She got one too. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I forgot she got one too. Which I think yeah, we I watched think... that one and the one with the guys from the TV show. Oh, uh, we haven't watched any of the celebrity ones. They, so with the newest one, the newest collection, there was like it was the Christmas baking show and then the uh, holiday one, and that Losing was the one with Ermine yeah. and yeah, them. yeah. Uh, yeah, the other one is they're from like a British drama. Like I didn't know any of the people. Yeah. Um, but two of them got handshakes. On really? The first, on the signature, yeah. Damn. And they were like. It, it's actually pretty cool. Like, I didn't know the people, but, um, yeah, so it's in the newest, like, thing that they yeah. dropped. Um, but, yeah, they're, like, like uh, Paul and Prue are, they're, like, we really are surprised that you guys, like, did this. Like, they said there wasn't, like, anything that we wouldn't eat again. And, like, wow. it seemed like they were being genuine, so. Yeah. yeah. Before we move on, uh, I don't remember what week it was, but... <laughs> Because there was something, like, similar in, like, the finale that made made us think about it again. But it was, like, one of the last few episodes. And uh, Shabira made a... It was, like, a grape jam and peanut butter, like, yeah. pie thing. And, and Prue and Paul were like, that's such a strange combination. <laughs> you wouldn't yeah. think that those flavors would go together. And we're like... You guys don't know peanut butter and jelly? Yes. What the yes. fuck? Yep. That was so weird. Yeah, we noticed that too. We were like, I, it, it's almost like, I don't know. You, I was almost just like, it, it's like a certain point where like, I they're they're two they are two white people and Shabira is like Malaysian. I think she was. I think I, she's. I I think so. But it's just like. There's a certain point where you're like, your flavors are so weird where it starts to become like, <laughs> uh, yeah, you, it's because she's from a different country and ha- they have different recipes and, it, it, you know, it'd be like, you know, like Mexican week. Like, I feel like that's kind of where they show yeah. their like sort of tone deafness where they're like, wow, that's really strange and out there. It's like, yeah, you guys eat boiled beef and beans for every meal. <laughs> so just like, yeah. yeah, I'm sure it is pretty unusual to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I do remember that like the, the I, yeah, they did say it again with the finale and I feel like it was something that I was like that doesn't sound weird to me. Why are you why do you guys think that this is such a weird combo? The I, I guess just like I just thought PB and J just seem so ubiquitous. Yeah. I just thought like 
I don't know. That was that was <laughs> so bizarre to me. I I have a feeling like she could she could like open a a shop or like have a cookbook centered around like peanut butter and jellies, and people will like over in the UK will like praise her for this new like food <laughs> <Yeah>. invention, <laughs> peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> I'm really curious about what you're about to say for this next thing, because this has been the talk of the town online. Well, it'll have to get pushed off to next week because. Uh, I I should change. I forgot to to delete that. I guess because I, I should just change it to how much Walmart sucks shit. Because <laughs> I went there uh, twice. Um, really, launch day and yesterday, like in the morning, and they did not have it. And it wasn't that they were sold out or anything. They just don't have it. And it's like, how do you fuck up? the launch of, of a arguably Pokemon like game. the biggest selling like game franchise <laughs> <laughs> like how do you fuck that up so and i actually went in there of uh, like earlier this week and i was like can i reserve a copy and they were like yes but uh that's just online so if you reserve a copy through us you'll get it in the mail it, you don't like show up to the store or whatever so you won't get it on like the day it comes out and i was like oh okay and i was like well i want to get it when it comes out so i guess i won't reserve it and i'll just show up and now i'm like i i should have just reserved it <laughs> so i ended up just i ended up just ordering it on amazon because i can uh-huh. get it in by monday so yeah i'll get it on monday but yes i i have heard a lot about the um I don't know if I don't know if I said if we said what we're talking about if it's not obvious but, but Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, <laughs> um, yeah I, I like a I like a Pokemon <laughs> and um, <laughs> and um, yeah I I've been I've been blue balled on getting the the <laughs> the new release but but yes it is it is coming um, so I will have played it by the next episode but yeah apparently there's lot of marred by a lot of like frame rate issues and i'll see how like common it is before i just because i think i'm a lot more that shit doesn't bother me as much if it's just like once in a while yeah um I, I, you know assuming that they're gonna patch it right <laughs> eventually right. hopefully um yeah because i, I but, saw a video on twitter where like i think someone was like going to catch a psyduck and the pokeball was probably just like the same video and it just uh, and then it like just really really bad like stutters and like frame rate skips and just huge technical issues but again yeah these are also gamers on twitter yeah so. that's the thing is like like video gamers that like that happens once in a game and people like flip out yeah so i'm like if if this is just gonna happen like i don't know there there is a limit where it's like okay this is this is a bit much for for a triple A game, right? Yeah. But to me, I can I can handle shit like that, like every yeah. now and or like I'm playing. I've been playing a new Pokemon Snap a lot mm-hmm. on my Switch, and that I'll notice like a lot of times if there's like a Pokemon like flying above you, its its shadow does not track well at all. It like <laughs> it's like here. Eh, 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 yeah. Eh. The the Pokemon moves fine, but the shadow shit, and I'm just like. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like Breath of the Wild, like that initial opening cinematic when you kind of run up the hill and like get your first glimpse of like the landscape. Like mm-hmm. I think I think the grass texture in that game causes it to like 
kind of stutter in its frame rate. Oh, and like, okay. I think that's pretty common in video games. Like grass is like a big like like CPU hog, like to animate mm-hmm. all the individual little blades. So it's like I'm more forgiving of that. I think people are surprised by the Pokemon game just because I think Nintendo is known to like release you know finished games that don't need to be patched on day one so the fact that like one of their games came out and it's like kind of an issue is like very surprising because it's like you get you know your cyberpunks you get your call of duties you get Mm -hmm. your assassin's creed all these games that like i don't know it's it's a very vicious cycle where it's like Mm -hmm. pre-order this game pre-order this game and then it's like they release it on day one and it's just like it has game breaking glitches everywhere because like they rush to release it but it's like you yeah. keep rewarding these studios by pre-ordering them, which causes them to rush them and make them like, you know, making a new one every year and it's unsustainable. And it's just like yeah. they release these buggy pieces of shit. But Nintendo is very good at like releasing finished, polished Usually, games. Yeah. And then it's like, like Smash Bros, like those games, those games get updates, but it's because they add new characters and like, mm-hmm. I think they patch certain moves. Smash Bros is one of those weird games where it's like, Nintendo kind of pays attention to the competitive community, but doesn't really like take into consideration what they, they say. Don't make it the f- yeah, yeah, they're not like oh the but, forefront of their yeah concern yeah. yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'll be curious what you think of it because a lot of people were saying there's like there needs to be like a more powerful switch, but then other people were like there are open world games like Xenoblade and Breath of the Wild that run fine, and they're saying that it was like a game freak issue where like they didn't properly optimize the game for the console that they were making it on. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a switch issue because, because of those same issues. Like I think breath of the wild alone, that's, that's the only case that you need with how yeah. that, that game like runs. Yeah. You, yeah. Like that's what I mean. Like you do get sometimes here and there you get frame rate dips in breath of the wild. But I'm a person who's like, yeah, but, like, look what it's doing. Like, yeah. the, essentially, the entire game map is, like, loaded in or ready to be loaded in at any given time. Yeah. And it's a gigantic fucking map. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. this is what I mean. Like, I, I forgive it for that. I don't think Pokemon Scarlet and Violet is as big as that, but it is their first open-world Pokemon game. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I think, yeah, maybe they just... I mean, it's it's not like a hundred percent like absolution because they're fucking video game designers of Poke of like again one of like the biggest franchises in in gaming and they should know better. But you know, it's yeah, it's their first open world, so I, I don't know. It's, yeah, <laughs> I'm it's I'm not uh, like totally forgiving of them, but also I'm really not that critical about Pokemon yeah. like most you know i have like my favorite to least favorite generations but you know i'm there there's some people who like swear by like the old gens and just like all you know the most recent ones like the last few are like shit pokemon designs are shit the gameplay shit they're too (laughs) easy and it's like yeah they are pretty easy and like yeah it is the same shit that they've done since red and blue but I don't care. Give me more Pokemon. <laughs> give me more RPG shit. I don't give a shit. Yeah. And but but I am really excited to play these because it's open world. It's like you can play. Uh, I guess you can. Um, 
it's like you can even do like gyms in any order you want and stuff. And um, so, yeah, they're kind of going a lot more for an open ended nonlinear. Yeah. uh, Style with this. So I am I am pretty optimistic that I'm I'm sure it's no uh, Sonic Frontiers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That one seems like a weird one. Yeah. <laughs> Everything I've seen about that, I'm just like, that seems unnecessary. I don't yeah. think Sonic needs an open world game. <laughs> All right. Do we want to do we want to hit this weird ass uh, thing? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so um, you, you sent me this. Yes. Randomly the other night. No, I guess not randomly. We talked about it before uh, about uh, our sort of mutual appreciation for analog horror. Which this is, yeah, yeah, yeah. this isn't even like something present. I, I for a second yeah. I thought it might this have been. I thought analog. it, I thought it was something that was done in the present, mm-hmm. designed to look like vintage. But no, this is in fact. It does. It feels like that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I was watching. I had after we talked about the local fifty eight stuff. I think I was editing that episode, and then I was like, oh yeah, I never got around to watching that stuff. So all those are like you can watch the entire local 58 stuff in like a half an hour. So I just sat down and like watched them back to back. Yeah. What did you think of those? They they were cool. Um, they're, I, I, you know, I have to look, I'd have to like look at the channel again to really know. There's, um, there's you're on the fastest route possible. That one was, that one was neat. That one was probably my favorite, like conceptually. And they were all like, very creepy like even the ones that weren't that didn't really have like a a scare i was still watching like like the very very effectively creepy the one about the moon freaks me out which one it's 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 like there's it's like lunar event or something like that and it's kind of it it does that uh that broad the emergency broadcast thing which even as a kid i think you know like the uh, uh, have you ever have you ever experienced that I think I know what you're talking about. It's, and it's like this is a this is a broadcast of the National Weather System. Your county is in a tornado warning area until 9 p.m. Like what well, kind of one of those things? But it was supposed to be about this like lunar event that was going to happen. But then it was like someone in the off in the studio was like trying to like get a message out, and it's like don't look at the moon. And then it would cut. Yeah, and yeah, it would, yeah. Like, that was one of the first ones that I saw, and that one's pretty unsettling. There's then, there's just there's a couple there's another one where it's just like a guy like filming stars and then he films the moon too. Yeah. But I think that's a different one. But then there's like a really creepy like the moon looks really like yeah. weird and like almost organic. It's it's weird. Yeah. Um and then I really yeah. like the contingency plan one which is like the That one's neat. Yeah. Yeah. I I I did like yeah, that one is literally just like text, but that one's yeah. cool. I think I like, yeah, Fast Available Route is probably my favorite. And I think I like Show for Children next. <laughs> I, I, that one's is like, that the animated one? Yeah. I feel really bad for that skeleton, but <laughs> I still, I don't know. I like that one. That one was like really fucking creepy. Like yeah. he like does the like really slow peek over the the thing. And then like it ends with him. That's another one that has like the moon as kind of a central yeah. sort of yeah. thing because it's like there in the background, and then like the last time he's walking, um, the moon is still in the same position, but it mo- it passes in front of the trees, 
that are like in the background. Ooh. It's really weird. It's really and it's really subtle. And then when he's on the ground, like in the grave, it's like the moon is peeking over the edge of the grave or what like oh it's yeah. so weird <laughs> yeah and like that whole channel is really good at like sort of embedding images into the background that you almost mm-hmm. have to like like i think there's one that's like a facial recognition test one R- real sleep yeah, yeah and it's like it's got like the faces embedded in to mm-hmm. the point where it's almost like it's like that thing in video games when they have you adjust your picture quality so it's like the darkness is you can just barely see that's kind of what it's like. Yeah. But all all um, of that leading up to... Yeah, I was saying, like, I was watching those, and then in one of those, in the recommended, there was this short film called Possibly in Michigan, and I'm like, hey, I'm in Michigan, so <laughs> <laughs> that literally was partly why I clicked on it. But also the thumbnail, if you see it, is... It's, it's very eye-catching, because there's a, a very creepy man in a he's wearing a mask but the mouth is agape it's very unsettling and yeah it's this it's this short film uh by this uh woman named cecilia condit and it's from 1983 so yeah it's actual analog horror it's this bizarre ass (laughs) musical musical, comedy yeah about cannibalism (laughs) Where these people talk like they're, like, I don't know, fucking Tommy Wiseau in a Neil Breen movie or something. <laughs> so weird, but I don't know. It's 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 stuck with me ever since I watched it. It's, it's... There, are so, there are some very cool effects that, that she's able to pull off for what sort of looks like... I don't think it was like a student film, but it was it was like one of those... Uh, like, if you, if you watch all the way to the end... It was like one of those, like the city gave her a grant to like make a film or something like that. So it was kind of one of those projects. But like the way that she was able to like match the faces with like the decomposing like corpses. Yeah. And like just a lot of like very cool editing tricks that like Mm -hmm. in 1983, digital editing wasn't really a thing that like, and if it was, it wasn't available to like someone in Cincinnati with a a grant from the city to make a short film. So it's like a lot of that, like analog style editing is like very cool. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know. I took a bunch of like video art classes in college and like, uh, I think it was called like something jamming, like culture jamming, whatever. There's like a lot of these techniques from like the eighties and nineties. Like, uh, I I think like the max headroom incident, you know what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about? Mm hmm. Yep. Shit like that is what this reminds me of, of like a very specific movement of like video art and like messing with pieces of technology that weren't meant for like mainstream filmmaking. But, you know, you could still make something really interesting with like consumer grade shit. And I think this is it. Yes, it's very silly and bizarre <laughs> and unsettling and creepy. But I think on a technical level, it's I was like it was it's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Yeah, it 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 is very neat. I, I it does make you really want to like delve into like the how and why it was mm-hmm. made and sort of th- like like what the intention is and stuff. And there are definitely things in there that really show like artistic intent, but uh, without that, 
you'd like think like this is just made by an insane person <laughs> because it really is strange sometimes. <laughs> um, a lot of it's like filmed, like she recorded it, played it on a TV, and then recorded yeah. the TV of it too. So it has an even more distorted, like weird feel to it. Yeah. Um, her her YouTube bio. I consider myself a storyteller whose work swings between beauty and the grotesque, humor and the macabre, innocence and cruelty. My videos explore the dark side of female subjectivity and address the fear, aggression, and displacement that exists between ourselves and society, ourselves and the natural world. She she does have a a fair amount of short films. She's like... She did one in 2021. Yeah. And she's, it looks like she stars in them all now. I think she might be the long haired woman in possibly in Michigan. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't Um, think she's in possibly in Michigan. You don't think so? Okay. No. Um, God, what a terrifying thumbnail that is. For, for possibly in Michigan. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and like you know, the I I think the she does like music and at least a handful of the other ones too. So yeah, um, and Sorry. yeah, the music is like it's very simple and like you know it's not something I would. It's like you know, Casio keyboard. A, yeah, it's not something I would like throw on a playlist and like jam to, but it's like they're earworms they're, for sure. They're st- yeah, they're ear. Yeah, yeah. I'm like I have the video pull that I'm kind of going through, and I just got to the part where they're like. No, 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 no. And, and he's like, behind her. And he's also doing it. Ugh, yeah. That's so weird, like the layering of the audio there and Yeah, they then like, later when he's like talking and it's 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 clearly like a woman talking and like they like pitch down the voice, but it's like Oh yeah. The better to eat you with <laughs> like that shit. Ugh, yeah. It's, it's this is like proto like Alan Resnick, Tim and Eric, like this is, it, it's crazy to see something in 1983, like totally nail that style that those guys do now. Mm-hmm. Like this would, yeah. this would fit in right at home with a bunch, with like all those weird ass adult swim, like originals yeah. that air at three in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like I'm yeah. surprised this, I'm surprised adult swim didn't like play this almost as like a bumper for something. Cause it'd be perfect. Yeah, for real. Yeah, I I skipped around some of her her older ones at least, and they're also they also seem beneath the skin. I think I skipped around the most. Seems pretty, also pretty creepy. So yeah, I want to check out her other stuff. It's just it's yeah, it's very fascinating because like she's a person like there's not a whole lot about her online. She's not like she never like blew up and. Yeah. You know, made it big at any point. So, you know. Yeah. I think, I mean, even I think when you told me about this, the only reason that, like, because if you look at her videos on YouTube, possibly in Michigan has 7 million views. Everything else is like, there's a couple that have like 100,000, but a lot of them are in the like low, low 20 to like 15K views. Yeah. And I think you said it was because of TikTok. Like I think possibly in yeah. Michigan was like 
apparently. somehow probably probably one of the weird like musical sequences or like the idea of the probably. two women turning around and eating their captor or eating them Something was like probably that. you know that was probably a message that the that really uh, resonated with the youth because i was like oh. i googled her name and it brought me to like a new york times article from like a couple days ago and it was paywalled i was like what the hell oh yeah weird. like i think i think it was an interview with her for the new york times but oh. it was i think i guarantee you oh no it was november 2019 i that's I when it became find... big on tiktok does it does it say like what if there was like a specific it's paywalled. thing i can't read it oh so, so you can't even see like that's weird yeah i love um, i love journalism <laughs> yeah I, I did find a there's like a, a video interview with her on YouTube that I, oh, I nice. added to my watch later. I haven't watched it yet, but that was from it says a year ago. So oh. also recent. I ho- um, I ho- hopefully she's cool. Hopefully. I don't know. I don't, yeah. <laughs> no, right. no, no shade to like Marina Abramovic, but like hopefully she's cool. Well, at least go check out. Um, possibly in Michigan. Possibly in Michigan. And possibly you should check out more of her stuff. <laughs> Next week's movie is ah. Uh, been wanting to rewatch this one as well. From 2012, directed by Thomas Vinterberg, uh, we'll be watching The Hunt. It's a Danish movie starring one of my one of my babies. Matt's Mickelson. Nice. <gasps> yeah. Okay. So, yeah, not the, I guess I should say, not the one from, like, last year that was, like, an American movie. This is true cinema. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's Danish. Uh, hey, it's on Plex for free. Shit, yeah. And Redbox and uh, Amazon. Okay, so it's on a few uh. things for free. So watch it there if you don't want to be spoiled for The Hunt. Watch it before next episode if you don't want to be spoiled for it is what what I meant. Um, These episodes come out every Wednesday at 7 p.m. EST uh, on uh, Twitch and YouTube in video form, as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more in podcast form. We also have socials on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And that's about it. Um, You're doing the possibly in Michigan thing, <laughs> like the the cadence. These episodes like... come out on on Apple Podcasts <laughs> and more. Like, I, like I want to add like additional pitches to your voice, so it's like, TJ. These episodes do, come out on Apple Podcasts. Do do we stream on Facebook? <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Right, and with that, I am, I I am I am multipass, TJ aka J Spot Jack Cheese, and with me as always, uh, as always, I am understanding the words that are coming out of my mouth. That's a different movie. <laughs> yeah, Chris Tucker is my favorite part of this movie. So I'm Nick aka okay. Doctor Funk on Twitch. All right, peace out. Bye.